Destroy All Children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or rotting your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy All Children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Destroy All Children. Knowing me, Larry Davis. Knowing you, George Brundle. Uh-huh. 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 We're here yeah. again. It's another week. Uh, that, that freaking Cheeto was still in the White House for now. They're going to get him out. Uh, Queen Pelosi yeah. is going to get him out. So we're like, I I want to see if you agree this with me. Is a political this. I feel like this is now. the what? Yeah. Uh, well, I feel like this is. I know the answer to this, but like in terms of things that are like really deeply transformative and bad, it nine eleven is still worse than this, right? Like just on yes. a major scale. Like what? Yes. Okay. By that I mean the podcast. Nine eleven's worse than the podcast. Uh, barely, yes. Okay. I you know I had that debate with myself last night, and I kind of kept coming up with nine eleven's probably worse than the podcast. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. We're getting there. If I have my way, we'll be worse than nine eleven by the end of this year. <laughs> oh, great! All well, I have for to now, do we're... is do more Gal Gadot impressions, and we'll be well on our way. <laughs> Yeah, no, keep saying shit about Israeli people, and I'm sure that will. <laughs> they don't care. They'll be way to worse than 11. <laughs> Larry, no. They're not going to do anything. They're not going to car bomb me. Anyway, we're broadcasting live this week from our bunker underneath the Capitol. Shout out to the IDF. Oh, God. Larry, has there been any video game news? Any news, really, in general? I don't think much is going on in the world. No, not really. Kind of a slow week. Yeah. Uh, I watched Haze by Sukamoto. Got back to maybe, why solid. Why don't you say layers. the whole name? Uh, because I, I had a nos and then I forgot his first Sh- name. Shinya Sukamoto. Shinya Sukamoto. Thank you. Well, you know. Um. No, I mean, I got back look, to... you say like Haze, and I just think of the 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 PlayStation Three shooter where the guys were like juiced up on nectar, and that was the thing, and that was supposed to be like their Halo killer because Killzone didn't really uh, pan it's, out. It's basically the same thing. Okay, as Haze. Yeah. Um, no, I finally got back to Solid Metal Nightmares. I had been kind of putting it off because Snake of June just sounds like not my kind of movie, and now that I've watched it, not my kind of movie. Again though Snake of June is You're just uh, saying like Solid Metal Nightmares doesn't mean anything That isn't the name of a trilogy or anything That's just the name they gave the box Shinya set Su- Yes So there's a box set of Shinya Tsukamoto films Called Solid Metal Nightmares Because he's the guy who did Tetsuo Iron Man And the rest you. of the Tetsuo Iron Man trilogy uh, This contains those movies But it also is a more like comprehensive filmography it doesn't include absolutely everything that he did, but it kind of includes like the the ones that you would want to have. Um, 
except for Tetsuo Bullet Man, but you wouldn't want to have that because that is actually his worst film. It's outright bad. Don't watch Bullet Man. Bad, bad movie. Uh, but like I got hung up going back to it because Snake of June is this film about like uh, a, a peeping Tom is taking videos of a suicide hotline worker, uh, you know, masturbating and then convincing her to do increasingly like public acts and i didn't know if i really have the stomach for that for like an hour and a half and it turns out i don't really have the stomach for that for like an hour and a half it's not really that good of a movie okay yeah but haze sounds fine to me i don't know it's a japanese I'm movie way fucking what do you expect haze. what's haze about haze is so you know how there's like a million vr horror games that's basically just you're in some sort of underground network and something spooky is down there too. That's sure. Hayes. Okay. Hayes did that in like, I think 2004, 2004, 2002 is when this came out. And it was originally just like a 25 minute short film at a film festival that he later expanded into a 45 or I'm sorry, 49 minute uh, featurette. And so it's on this disc and, um, Basically, it's those kind of games mixed with, uh, oh god, how do you, how do I say it? Amagari Fault. Yeah, the, the Enigma of Amagari Fault. Sure. Yeah. So he starts out. It's an underground you network, know, but it is Ito. also everything's always well, Junji Ito with you. Yeah, I mean that's true, but also it's very much like that, at least in the opening shots, because his underground network is like carved in the shape of his body. It is very, very claustrophobic. Uh, The whole movie is just him trapped in this network that is very, very narrow. And it's a lot of really close shots, so they help give you the sense of, like, claustrophobia. And there's just some, like, segments of it where there will be hammers coming out of the wall to, like, bash him in the head or, like... One really, like, tough to watch a bit where he has to, like, shimmy his way through like he's loading into a new area of God of War. But, like, <laughs> yeah. there's there's a bar right where his mouth would be, so the only way to fit in there is to, like, clamp his teeth over the bar and scrape them all the way down. And then when he gets to the end, it's just a dead end. And so right. he has to go all the way back the other direction, and they film, like, every second of this just... Tsukamoto's teeth scraping on metal. It's really tough to watch. Um, but he eventually finds that there's another person down some in there. Lady, there's also like, some you know, sort of do, doing entity. weird stuff in public, though. That's too much to handle. <laughs> That's too much for me. I don't want to see somebody having sex. That's gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, get real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to keep things straight edged over here. Thank you very much. Uh huh. Um, Give me more teeth scraping. That's the stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's what gets me off. I mean, that's what makes hey, me no. enjoy a picture. Uh, you're a rock star. Get your game on. Watch Haze. Anyway, he eventually finds that there's I'm like a woman down there. Thank you. He finds that there's a woman down there with him, and they both have amnesia. And so there's a significant like chunk of this movie that's just them trying to figure out why they're down there. Uh, I like that one of the conclusions he keeps reaching is the war broke out and we're prisoners but they never specify like what war it's just that he's dreamt up this weird sort of like fantasy war 
the other like explanation he gives is maybe we're some sick perverts play things and you put us down here. Uh, but I don't, I don't want to ruin the uh, twist at the end of the movie. Um, it's really good. I have claustrophobia, so that's maybe part of why I liked it so much and why like the spookiness of that movie like resonated with me. Okay. Uh, there's I have a, there's no claustrophobia. a good. I love a tight space. Just cram me in oh, anywhere. I hate tight spaces. Put me in a suitcase. Dude. <laughs> no. Put me in a trunk. Stab me a few times. It's fine. Uh, what if I put you in a trunk and then I went to go get pie at my mom's house? Oh, that would also be fine. I just okay. really want to be in a trunk. That's the main thing. As long as you're into it, I guess that's what's important. I don't want to like non-consensually put you in a trunk. No, absolutely not. Yeah, like I'm not a freak. All right. What would you I'm not give? A bad Hay- guy. What would you give Hayes out of ten? Uh, probably like an eight. I I think like the only things I'd really knock the movie on is that the ending is like it. It took me a bit to kind of figure out what actually happened like why they're down there and how the ending of the movie tied into it and i eventually settled on it but it seems to me like sukimoto was maybe more preoccupied with just he maybe didn't want to put a deeper meaning into that movie he just wanted to explore how scary it would be to be in a kind of like underground system like that that is so just narrow and claustrophobic but he still needed it to tell a story and so he had like load some stuff in there to explain why these characters are down there. Well, it seems and so like we finally get to yeah, that. Yeah, that was probably like when they expanded it from a short into like a also yeah. kind of a short, but you know. Yeah. Longer. If he had more to say though, it could be like a full feature and I think that is why they could only expand it to 49 minutes is there wasn't really much that he wanted to do with that. So it, it kind of you get that feeling by the end of the movie of like, well, okay, I kind of see what he was going for. It maybe took me a bit to figure out because he presents it in an abstract way, but also he didn't have that much to say, really. Okay. He just wanted to do a cool thing with a guy who was trapped underground, and like that stuff is great. I could see why he just wanted to do that, but as a filmmaker, he has to do more than that, too. Um, but yeah, I liked it. I skipped How over many bags of popcorn. That. Five bags of popcorn, of course. Okay. Yeah. How many sodas? Uh, two bags of soda. Then I would also give it like a <laughs> uh, Frankie. Yeah, <laughs> I would also give it a Frankie tooth sharpener. Okay. Uh, which is probably more effective than scraping your teeth on a like a metal bar. Probably. Yeah. Well, uh, I actually but yeah, played I skipped a over video game. To watch that, and I'm gonna. Uh. Oh. Is your um, video game spooky? No. Mm. It has like monsters and ghouls and ghosts in it, though. Monsters and ghouls and ghosts are spooky. Yeah, but the game's not spooky. It's Mortal Shell. Larry, we did ghouls that. and ghosts for Spooktober last year, so I beg to differ. Well, okay. Uh, Mortal Shell, which is another Souls like. Maybe you've heard of them, uh, such as The Surge and The Surge 2, Ooh. recent examples of them. Uh, those are better than 
Mortal Shell, but Mortal Shell is fine. Mm. I'm gonna say it is fine. I mean, the main thing is like I paid ten dollars for this, and I think that's a good price for it because for one thing, it's not very long. Um, maybe yeah, I ten hours or so. But what really that's yeah. short? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they're only like four. I thought areas. it was like a bit longer than that, but I knew that it wasn't like an exceptionally long game. No, you just have like the hub area and then the four areas. Like a lot of it is kind of just figuring out where you're supposed to go. Like the first time, first of all, my save corrupted after I'd played it for a couple of hours, uh, so that was oh, cool. Oh, nice. Um, I you don't playing know... that on yeah Xbox or PlayStation Five? Or PlayStation Five. Okay. So all I right. don't know if that's because of the PlayStation Five. Or just something with the game, um, but it's because I because the PlayStation Five. Come on, <laughs> probably because also come the load on. the load times are still pretty long in it, mm. which makes me wonder how long they are like on a base PlayStation Four if they're still this long on a Five. But basically, yeah. I had died, and then uh, there was a like an infinite loading screen, and so then I quit the game, and then when I went back, there was no save there, so that was neat. Anyway, I mean, how deep into the game was that, though? Well, I had played like two. Like or just th- the... I played like two or three hours, but here's the thing: is that a lot oh. of that was wandering around the hub area, trying to figure yeah. out where I was, because the hub is like this swamp, like a swampy forest, and everything in it looks alike. So I couldn't really tell where I was. This is my recommendation: if you play it, just get a map. Like go look up a map for it, because a big part of it is that. Areas of it are connected through these little narrow things that, like passageways that you can crawl through. Just and, like Hayes. Yes, but <laughs> just like something else, something much less pleasant. It suddenly, when I looked mm. at a map, it made me realize why I was getting lost all the time and couldn't figure out how any of this connects. And it's because it's like that Donkey Kong level. I was going to say, you just opened the map up and it's like, oh no, look at this Donkey Kong shit. Yep. Like, none of this connects. It is. There's like one part where you you like crawl through a small tunnel, but that's actually taking you to the complete opposite side of the map. God. And like, it does not look like that would be where you were at. So yeah, there's stuff like that in there, which made it very difficult it's to really, navigate. It's really cool how that stuff, like you... That stuff you have to pull open a map and then realize, like, oh god, that's what they're doing, and yet, like, you still feel it in the gameplay. Like, it doesn't always register you as, like, that type of map design. Yeah. Just that that type of map design ends up translating into, like, a very uncomfortable exploration. Yeah. It it was just like, wait, why am I here? Like, how does this connect to the other one? Like, this should not be where I'm at. Uh, Even though I didn't, like, quite... Yeah, put it together until I actually looked at the map uh, yeah. But then it suddenly made sense Why I couldn't figure out where anything was I just, I just find that so weird From like a design perspective How that still Like you as a player are like What the fuck is up with this But yeah. then like it does not actually click Until you pull a map open and pull back And like look at the way that they've laid out All those rooms and the connecting like Hallways yeah. and such Yeah and also when you first go into that area, it kind of makes it clear like you're supposed to go to this tower. You get a little scene of like seeing something up there. But mm-hmm. if you try to go one way, you kind of can't get there. You have to go around the other way. 
and go through one of those little crawly crawly things. You can technically, you can go the other way around, but you're going to probably have a pretty rough time starting out. Although, that's kind of the other thing, is that the game has almost no progression to it, like in terms of leveling up. There's some, but not much. Basically, you have tar, which is the equivalent of souls that you get from killing enemies, and you have glimpses, and glimpses are tied to the shell you're currently in. And you can either get those through killing enemies, they drop them every once in a while. It's like humanity, essentially. Or you can get them in item form that you'd pop, like... You also have tar items you can pop to get tar, but tar persists for each one. It's the same where if you die, you lose it, you can go reclaim it, but you don't lose your glimpses if you die. So... You use both of those to upgrade your shells, um, but the shells, it's not like plus health, plus stamina, things like that. There are a couple like that, like the um, Aerodrome, the sort of tank shell, he has one upgrade that's like 15% extra health. But most of them are actual abilities. It's like um, you can sprint without using stamina, or... uh, if you get poisoned, you actually heal for the amount the poison would have hurt you for and things like that. So rather than having like a more traditional level up system, it's a skill tree. Yeah. But it's not really a, a tree either. You can just pick any of them. It's like a radial thing. Mm. And then all of them share the same three at the bottom, which are a kick ability, which I never used um, because that uses resolve. It's better to use that for like weapon skills or parries. Uh, and one is, oh, there's one that's so, normally if you would die, you get knocked out of your shell, like clearly whoever made this game really liked Doctor Strange, when they, when the, the one or whatever it is punches him out of his body, because that's what happens, uh, and then you can run back and get back in your shell, usually, because it sort of, it freezes everybody around you for a little bit, um, and then the third is remember what the third one is either way it doesn't really matter I just remember playing the demo and getting knocked out of my shell like into a wall that was right behind me and the guys like froze but in the time it took for my character to stand back up they unfroze and the dude was mid swing so I just died anyway yeah well you could have hardened probably so that's the thing I like about Well, I'll get into the combat later, but uh, to Mm. get back to what I was saying is you have the four shells. You have the knight, who's like, I guess, supposed to be balanced. He's basically who you start with. Then there's the scholar, who is like the knight, but better. So there's no actual reason to use the knight, which is funny. uh, Because he has like the same stats as the knight, except more stamina. Anyway, Mm. uh, then there's Aerodrome, who is the tank. Uh, but very low stamina to the point where I would think it's not even worth using him. And then the one I used for the entire game, which is the thief, uh, trim, tri, 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 it, tret, something like that. Uh, who has the least health but huge stamina pull pool, and his dodges he has like that ghost dodge, like mm. in Souls games. You usually have to equip a ring or something for. Yeah, I didn't. Like, when I played the demo, I don't know if they put the ability in there to really change your class, or if I just did not get to it, but, like, my 
big issue was how slow you move as the knight. Like it, it felt like the knight was a heavy class, um, I which I assume like the rest of the game's speed is balanced around that as like a base point, but more like comparing it to a Souls game or something like that, everything felt a lot more like sluggish. Well, so here's the problem with both the shells and the weapons is that you have to go get the shells and the weapons. Uh, and each one is like at one of the four main areas. Three. Actually, it's three. Three? Four. Hold on. <laughs> looking it up. No, I'm not looking it up. I'm just thinking. Oh, okay. I, I think it's three. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's three because you would have one of each of the shells. Yeah, that makes sense. And three other weapons. Because your weapons are like, there's the sword you start with. There's... Mm. This mace, like a fight like a two-handed fire mace. It's kind of more like a staff. Um, there was a big two-handed sword, which is what I used the entire game, and like a hammer and chisel, which is kind of the fast weapon. So I I really didn't even try that one actually, because by the time I got it, I had this the giant sword fully upgraded, and so I wasn't gonna bother with it because they're only like. I looked it up, I wanted to see how many upgrade items there actually were in the game, so I'd know if I, like, just need to sync them all into one weapon or not, um, and there are, like, I think 11 total uh, for the new game, uh. and it takes five to fully upgrade one weapon, so. Anyway. So you can't, like, farm upgrade material no. or anything like that, they're just going to be in set locations? Yep, they're just in chests, and uh, I think I two almost, are available to buy from the vendor, but they're pretty expensive. I almost prefer, I, I want to say something about the vendor, but I'm going to finish this thought. Uh, I almost prefer that over Souls games, where to do a lot of upgrades, you just have to like grind away at things, and boy, that stuff is dull. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but also, yeah, but, but my time with the, the there's. I'm sorry, I wanted to say something here. about the vendor. <laughs> Fine. Yes, you. Can <laughs> I want to make cat. this one point. No, 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 I don't, I didn't want to mention petting the cat. You can't kill the vendors. No. That was my other issue with the demo. Look, you make a Souls-like, you should be able to kill a vendor and screw yourself out of using the vendor for the rest of the game. That is like the one thing, if you carry it over from Dark Souls, you need to be able to kill the vendors. Well, that's also the only vendor. die on that hill. It's just him. I mean, that, that makes it even better if you kill <laughs> him. Then <laughs> you really fuck yourself over. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, basically all of the shells are right outside the areas, and then um, the weapons are just inside it. There will be like a, a thing with a book, and you select it. And this is the thing I think you might have a problem with, which is to get the weapon, you mm. have to defeat the guy using the weapon. And so I don't, I don't think I'd have that much of a problem with that. Well, you said you had a lot of problems with the sword being too slow. And if you're having problems I mean, using yeah, that the... weapon, it might be hard to kill somebody using that weapon. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, that was really my main issue with the game, was just everything felt so sluggish to me that I can never quite get the timing of stuff down. Yeah. Because there's, like, a, a lot of that game, too, isn't necessarily about dodging around stuff, but actually making use of blocking and parrying, maybe more so than in a Souls game. Yeah. Like, a lot of Souls, you just, like, you can roll through things because you have, like, a ridiculous amount of iframes. Well, you have uh, even more iframes and rolls than this. Actually, it seemed like to me. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Um, it did not feel that way to me, but also like 
I immediately went to that like little alcove in the starting area where you find like a mini boss or something. Oh yeah, the and Grisha. that dude just kept yeah he kept fucking me up over and over again. Oh, so I, I'd so say like easy. a decent amount of. He has like two moves. Know, I'm just not. I'm just not good at Mortal Souls, man. Or I'm sorry, Mortal Shells. Uh, <laughs> shit. I mean, he he just um, he has the big jump thing, which you can just roll to the left and yeah, like get around. And then he has like the swings, which again you just roll twice and roll through it. And it, like mm. the main problem I had was until I had upgraded that big sword, like everything has so much health that it takes forever to kill. And that's yeah. partly why. Well, also the main thing I do in every Souls game is I make a character that like I will use like the biggest weapon I can get but with the right amount of armor that I can still fast roll and so here I was just able to pick the thief shell and the giant sword and have that build basically uh, because I would say I didn't use the hammer and uh, hammer and sickle yeah comrade uh. um, the hammer and chisel much but it seems like it's not that fast So if you're really into a speed build I don't know that you really have an option in this game mm. But See I, just, I don't even play like Souls games that way I generally don't like the slow moving weapons in it Like I tend to go with Not even necessarily speed I tend to like Souls games where I'm fairly balanced Well maybe the hammer and chisel would work for you I don't know but yeah, maybe I, I found the giant sword was perfectly fine for me as someone who prefers stuff like the dragon bone smasher and the ultra great yeah. swords and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, basically you go through the three levels, you get the glands from the bosses and then you bring them back to a totally not evil chained up like plague doctor kind of looking thing in the tower. And there I wasn't is... sure I was interested until you mentioned that you collect glands. Yeah, you get the glands. Now I'm like, I don't know, it's ten bucks. I mean, and there there is some neat stuff about that too, like the way the world shifts and stuff when you get the glands. It it is similar to a Souls game. Mm. Um, and sort of the overworld will change as a result of that. But overall, break I... this gland open and get more tar. Yeah, well, you can't actually. You do get Ooh. like boss glimpses from them that you can use that for, but mm. I would also say the areas, the first area is like a, a well, the first one you're supposed to do. I did them out of order because there's nothing really telling you which one you're supposed to do. But I ended up kind of, other than the first one, doing them in the right order, I guess, because the second one was very easy. Um, but first I went to this one that's like an ice level. And that one's all right. Then I did the catacombs, which I think is where you're supposed to go first, because that's pretty short. Um, and that was pretty easy. And then the the last one, actually, I think is really cool, which is basically their equivalent of an Orlando. Like this is where the ancients came from and stuff. It's basically like an area in a void with all these giant like shards of obsidian that are forming the area. And there's some stuff that kind of looks like the Yggdrasil uh, Like floating platforms I really like the look of that area I think it actually looks way more interesting than actual Anne Orlando Which... Well, actual Anne Orlando is pretty dull looking Well, yeah Well, that's what I'm saying But like, they, like, This is more creative looking 
That's well. That's sort of the thing about this game too. Like, what draws me to it is not the gameplay because, again, I played that demo and the gameplay just did not land for me. What keeps making me kind of take a look at that game and really wanting to get into it is just the whole aesthetic design. Like, it's really just a hell of a lot more creepy looking than Souls. And like for such a small team, it is a really good looking game just term in terms of like graphical fidelity. It like I really also, dig the look of Mortal Shell. Also, it's like four gigabytes. Which is nice. Yeah, amazingly. Like it's a very tiny game. I mean um, also that makes sense when you realize it's just the hub world and then the three other areas and there's gonna be a sure. lot of repeated textures and stuff in there. So yeah, sure. Yeah, that's fair. Um but but yeah the boss it, designs I've seen in that too are just like really excellent looking. Like yeah. maybe more imaginative than stuff I've seen in Souls games, which after a while just kind of like box themselves into big guy with sword. Yeah, uh, there is one guy. Which there's a little like bit that. of that. Yeah, um, the the bosses. One one thing they took from the Souls games, which I wish they hadn't, is that every boss has two health bars, even when it doesn't really make sense. There's one who that makes sense for. He's got like a little quato on his stomach. Uh. And after the first bar, like, you've killed the Quato, and he gets really mad about it. Although that one's funny, because then the second form is way easier than the first, because he's so mad, and he's just, like, constantly attacking and leaving himself open. Mm. Uh, whereas in the first form, the Quato, like, has a blow dart, and he's, like, shooting darts at you there, like, impossible to dodge. So, about the combat. Mm. Um, the main difference here is that you don't block. You don't have any shield or anything like that. Instead, you can harden where you turn your skin to stone, and it will block any attack. Um, and you can do that even when you're attacking or in any animation. Which, again, it sort of seems like it, that's sort of the offset for the heavier weapons and the slower movement. Is that it doesn't really matter, because in most cases you can use that as an emergency button if you have to. There were a lot of times I would just run in and do a really heavy attack knowing it doesn't matter if they try to attack me back or if they would normally catch me in the middle of the recovery animation because I can just harden and take it and then roll away. Mm -hmm. And that's an important part of this. You also have a parry. I found the parry timing really difficult to get used to, and so I just didn't use it. Yeah, I had that same issue when I played the demo That pairing, just the timing of it never quite felt right to me Yeah, like, it, it seems like It wasn't like, even like a frame rate thing It just, it feels awkward in yeah. some way Like, the timing of it is just not quite right Well, like, you do this thing where you, like, put your arm up And it does this flash And you would think, oh, it's supposed to flash, like, when you're getting hit But there have been times where I fought someone And I felt like I had dead on And it just... It didn't work, I just got hit So I, eventually I just stopped Because it was just getting me hurt more often than not Yeah um, And that's kind of a problem Because that's also the only way you have to heal in the game You don't have Well, there are healing items But they're kind of Rare-ish They're like these mushrooms you can pick up um, Yeah, I so burned through all mine real fast Like yeah. as soon as I Because I kept thinking like, hi. Oh, Probably get more loaves of bread or whatever I can buy them from a vendor And no, you you want to like Hold on to those for emergencies Yeah, it's just the mushroom Yeah, basically just save them for bosses Essentially yeah. Or if you think you're close to like getting a shortcut Or something like that, I guess Um, But that's another thing is I do like the way this handles items Which are almost like roguelike Where you don't know what an item does Until you use it 
and then by using it more you gain familiarity with them and once that's maxed out you'll gain a bonus effect so there are these mushrooms that if you eat them will poison you but if you eat enough of them it makes you immune to poison so like mm. just stay near a save point and eat all these mushrooms until you're <laughs> immune to poison <laughs> whatever um, it's weird to me because I watched the best of the worst where they had the video of the like mushroom hunters just last night and so I'm just okay. thinking of thinking of that of just like your mortal shell guy out in the woods just filling a bag up with mushrooms to just take it back and just eat all of them like a mountain of them. I'm just thinking of the Pine Barrens episode of The Sopranos where they're starving and Christopher wants to eat the berries off the tree and Polly Walnuts is yelling oh, at him no. that they're poison. <laughs> well, that's not to veer off into a different direction. What struck me about that mushroom video is like death caps. Like I don't know uh-huh. how you do like a because there's this whole thing that they do in the video where it's like a uh, mushroom, not a convention, but more like uh, the rodeos in town kind of thing. ShroomCon 2017. <laughs> that has to be a thing. But Probably. basically they would they would ring a bill and then everyone would just rush out into the forest to gather up mushrooms and they would do like mushroom auctions and things like that, which is weird because everyone has mushrooms. So I don't know why you would auction them. Uh, but I would then worry about like, okay, what if somebody picks up a death cap and they don't know what a death cap is because this is just like a local thing? But I don't know. I don't I look would for think mushrooms. If you're going to a mushroom convention, you would know what a death cap well, is. Well, again, it's not a convention. It's more like a local like affairs in town kind of thing. So or it's just whatever. like I would get, you know, I would go out there as just a random guy who doesn't know anything about mushrooms. Maybe I want to go hunt for mushrooms because I got nothing better to do. Okay. Um, but. I don't know, maybe death caps are easier to spot than I think. I used to know a guy who like would go forge for mushrooms. People who do that are fucking weird. My death cap supplier. Uh-huh. It's like Elon Slees Bagano. He's hanging out on Coruscant giving people <laughs> death caps. <laughs> I think there was like some sort of like expanded universe thing with that where like he did go home and reevaluate his life. But then he evaluated that he really liked selling uh, death sticks, so he just went back and continued to sell death <laughs> sticks. Great. So it's just like this idea that like Obi Wan tried to use mind control to get this person out of his lifestyle, but like he really just loved selling drugs, so it did not work. It's like that that expanded universe thing of uh, Jar Jar like stealing the Gorg from the Gorg seller somehow resulted in her making Gorg sauce that like yes. and like feeding the sick or something. I don't know. Uh, oh, she did like a it was like a workers' revolt thing on yeah, Tatooine that she sure. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Very weird cascading effect caused by like a one-off goof in the movie. Yeah. Well, people are desperate to write books about anything. It's a shame that, like, Disney owns it now because you get, like, none of that. Like, the neat thing about the expanded universe before Disney took over is there was a lot of weirdos who would just take one tiny weird thing from the movie and, like, explode it into a bunch of absolutely insane bullshit. I guess so. You don't get any more Luke's Luke, now that Disney yeah. owns it. Yeah. yeah, bigger Luke theory. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, Mortal Shell? Mushrooms? Uh, yeah. So yeah, it has that familiarity thing. One thing I really like is a, an item you get at the beginning is a loot, and you can just sit down and play it. And as your familiarity goes up, you get better at playing it. And the only oh, thing that item does cute. is that it angers enemies. 
<laughs> so it like aggroes pretty good. It aggroes them from further away. Although there is like one part where like one of the bandits is just like sitting there playing his loot, and if you go up to him and play it, you get a trophy for it. So that's cute. Oh. There is also a hidden ending where if you meet there's like one of the bandits that's like non hostile and you go up to him and he'll just be like, Hey, you you got a roasted rat on you, that's nice, can I have it? And you're like, Okay, sure. And then he's like, oh, you have a superior moonshine. Can I have it? Yeah, okay, sure, I'm not going to use it. And then he's like, hmm, you want to just sit here forever? And you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and then you just get an ending where you and him are just like sitting there eating rats and playing the loot as the monsters creep in on everybody else. <laughs> and that's the end. That sounds like the true ending to me. Yeah, me too. Well, because some dude just asked if I wanted to eat rats and play loot while the world ended, I'd probably be into it. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. So, uh. yeah, you go get the glands and bring them back to things. Surprise, surprise, there's a boss fight. There aren't any other endings other than that, though. Like, that's basically it. It's it's not like Surprise, a Souls surprise, game. I'm Lando in disguise. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Speaking um, of Star Wars. But one thing I do like... Is that once you end that and you go into New Game Plus, you can't. You just start back at the tower. You don't have to go through the intro thing again. And you talk to the lady there, the you know Mistress in Black type character, the equivalent, mm. uh, who's just like, "Yep, we're doing it again. That's your life now. Sorry, go go get the glands again. It's New Game Plus, oh, baby." There you go. I mean, that's the most souls thing is the cyclical nature. Yep. Of the of the universe that you occupy. Yep, go light the fire again. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Mortal Shell Which, I would uh, say is fine. It, I I'm really looking forward to a Mortal Shell two if they make one. The, oh, the other thing I was going to mention, because like I said, there's kind of there's very little progression. It means that by the time I had finished the second area, I had maxed out my shell of choice, and there was nothing else to use tar or glimpses on. Shell of Choice is my favorite Fat Boy Slim yep. song. <laughs> Dodge roll without rhythm. And you want to track the worm. The worm fish. There's a worm fish in this also. Oh, there you go. See, it all connects. It, it's great because those parts where you have to defeat the guy to get the weapon, if you lose, uh, you respawn and it will just say, like, call the worm fish? Yes or no? <laughs> and that's your way of like getting out if you're like, ah, I don't want to fight this or I want to level up or something. Um, That's my favorite stuff about like uh, fantasy things, or like even in uh, science fiction, where they will just bring up something that everyone in this universe would know what it is, but you as the audience have no idea, and they do not bother to explain it to you as the audience at all. It's just weird psychobabble stuff that kind of exists in the middle of the story. So I just like to, you know, oh, I didn't kill this guy, Wormfish. Yeah, sure, fuck it. I don't know what that is, but I'll <laughs> yeah. summon it. Yeah. Um so yeah, I didn't have anything to spend like tar or glimpses on. There is one thing. So there is technically a ranged weapon in this game, the ballista zooka. Uh and I never got to use it because to use it you have to buy tools from a vendor and they're like 80,000 tar or something like that. And I never oh. got that much. Um I, like I, I did at one point, but like I used it for character upgrades, of course. And then past that part Again, I actually don't really even know why you'd need it Because it's very heavily balanced around melee stuff As you would expect Because 
I didn't even find many projectiles for it. Like maybe two or three throughout the course of the game. You can buy more, but eh, whatever. So. So here's the. Oh, I'm sorry, go on. Well, I'm saying because there was nothing to spin tar on but past that point, it meant that there was no reason to fight enemies. Like I would just kind of like run through everything unless something was directly in the way and then I would have to kill it. But like that last sure, level. Run the game. Yeah, like that that whole last level basically I was just running through. Especially since mm-hmm. I was the thief guy and I didn't like use stamina while sprinting and I had the ghost dodges. It was pretty easy to do. Um But yeah. My question for you. What how easy is the game to platinum? Uh I'm going to say not easy. Because a couple of the achievements are for beating the game without using a shell, which means you would die in one hit. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was kind of wondering because it's such a short game. If yeah. it's then like, oh, well, there's very few trophies and it's really easy to do everything because there's not much to do. Or if it's one of those things where like, oh, they put some like bullshit hard trophies in here because yep. it's so short. Yep. So, all right. Uh, it's yeah. disincentivizing me even further from buying the game. Yeah, well, so the nice thing is there's this, like, this device that you can find in the hub world uh, that you go up to it, it's like, do you renounce your humanity or something? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah, you're just, like, straight up DOing, like, I renounce humanity, I'm going back to monkey, that kind of thing, Uh, and it, like, turns you into a pure black version. You end up looking like, uh, like Scarlett Johansson at the end of Under the Skin. Spoiler for that movie, I guess. Uh, I did that just because it gives you a gold trophy. Even though, like, that was just like at the beginning of New Game Plus, I was like, yeah, I'll take a gold trophy. I'll go renounce my humanity. I'm never going to play this game again. Uh, so, yeah. But there's an achievement for beating it in that black form and then one for never using a shell. I'm not sure if you can, like, get to that area to turn into the black form before, like, without using another shell or something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. Hey, Larry. What? Speaking of of Souls games. Yeah, what? Do you think Army Hammer would partake of the old blood? Yeah, definitely. What are you talking about? Just... Why wouldn't he? Army Hammer out here just popping blood vials over his face uh-huh. in public, just pouring it all into his mouth. Yeah. Who do you think he's calling That's... Kitten? That doll? Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Lead file police report. Army Hammer has been circling the blood bank again. <laughs> he's got that look in his eyes. He's taking the Malkavian route this time. <laughs> he's just going to start talking to stop signs. Oh, God. So we kind of mentioned that there wasn't any news. I had forgotten about Army Hammer sex criminal. <laughs> so, well, hey, it, no. It's not really criminal. Uh, it he seems like Army Hammer. Look, if Army Hammer doesn't get enough blood, he is going to become a sex criminal because <laughs> well, someone's maybe. getting Hannibaled, man. Yeah, possibly. Uh, but not yet. Holy. Maybe. Yeah, no, not yet. I mean, he did eat a still beating heart out of an animal, which that's. That's probably illegal I think he didn't do that I think he was making that up I choose to believe everything Army Hammer says Because I'm afraid of what he'll do to me if I don't (laughs) Okay, sure (laughs) I believe in the power of Army Hammer's blood magic Um, 
that uh, yeah, actually I love is Lone I, Ranger. Lone Ranger is one of the greatest movies of all. Criminally underrated. Quentin Tarantino said so. Yeah. Uh, well, how many feet are in Lone Ranger? Probably a lot. Because that's that's probably a factor. Yeah. If I'm being real. Look, two two forces I will not fuck with in Hollywood: Army Hammer and his blood magic, and Quentin Tarantino and his foot fetish. Yeah. Both are powerful enough to destroy me. Um, it's actually a kind of a little bit of a walk to blood magic in particular. This is a thing I didn't know existed until right before the Army Hammer stuff came out. So I don't know what's up with that, uh, like blood in particular being a theme for me this weekend. But have you ever heard of like the blood magic stuff and the yeah. weird blood cult on yeah, sure. YouTube? Uh, not on YouTube. I know generally what you're talking about, I think. Okay, so yeah, blood magic is like, I guess, a, I think it's a Wiccan thing, and it's supposed to be like, very taboo, you don't fuck with blood magic, because blood magic is very powerful, but what blood magic is, is basically just drawing blood to perform spells, Yeah. Uh, and I guess because you are connecting part of yourself to the spell, like that link is, is very dangerous and can get out of hand very easily. I don't believe in magic, so I think it's all just a, a fun thing to kind of look into and not take too seriously. But there's like a YouTube cult that surrounds this that like started as a bunch of videos of a guy basically doing the Twin Peaks backwards speak, but just saying like satanic stuff in like dive bars. It's really weird. <laughs> just the dude Sounds sitting cool. in his car and just saying like, I'm Satan backwards and then reversing the footage. Uh but I guess like the group is like blood over intent, and what they do is they draw blood over and they blood. pour it onto pieces. Ah, <laughs> they pour is it over pieces there? of paper. Yes, Pipo is way into blood magic. Okay. Um, they'll basically like write down something that they want to happen, right? Yeah. Uh, put it on a ripped out page of the Bible if you're feeling super edgy, uh, and then you prick your finger where you cut your hand and you put your blood over it and the idea is that your blood is going over the intent of the message which then makes the message like the intent of that message manifest in reality mm -hmm. and people do these videos and then somehow as as if by magic other people who are part of this end up finding those other people and then following them and it ends up spreading into this like large cabal of weird blood satanists but there's like one guy who's like really behind the whole thing and he very desperately wants people to believe he is like actual satan and cool. that like you don't fucking cross him like people who try to get out of this stuff then get like severely harassed by the other members of it so like anyway that, because that house or whatever you're talking about the final fantasy house <sighs> Yeah, a little bit like Final Fantasy House. Um, okay. No one's taking ice baths in the blood over intent cult, though. Well, but, no, because uh, if you do, somebody will steal your kidneys. Yeah. Well, there is a YouTube content farm that was doing stuff <laughs> like that. That's a whole other thing. It was uh, right. This lady was, like, adopting kids to put in, like, YouTube videos, but then, like, horrendously abusing them. Oh, see, that's like the Molly Shannon episode of Hannibal. I, I, I did not watch Hannibal, so I would not know. <laughs> <laughs> this is a weird episode. Saturday Night Live's Molly Shannon, Killer She's of the Week. Putting kids in bathtubs with ice. 
No, it's just like putting was, them in closets for day at days at a time, well, wearing was, only a diaper and not giving them food. It's more that, that was she another was, part of that. More that she was commanding them to kill, but yeah. Oh well, that's a lot more cool than what this lady did on YouTube. Yeah. Um, that lady went to jail, thankfully. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know the, the the blood thing. Just a very weird thing that I kind of found out about that existed on YouTube. That on like smoking fetish videos being a whole like subculture in YouTube that I did not know about until this weekend. That stuff's also bizarre. It, it's just like videos of people smoking cigarettes and cigars uh, while cancer slowly overtakes them, and like that's the point is watching their health actually drop off. And then people leave, like, super sexual comments about it. It's fucking weird. Remember when, like, Tanetta was, like, kind of the thing where you're like, oh, YouTube can't get weirder than this. And then it, and then it did. Hey, you know who else smokes a lot? Gangsters. Hmm. Maybe it's time to take a trip. The Gabagool Zone. Okay, I'm pouring my blood over this piece of paper that says Gabagool Zone. Let's make it happen. All right. Blood over intent, blood over intent. Gabagool, Gabagool. Jimmy! Jimmy! I'm banging my hand on the wall of the shower. That's how I summon it. <laughs> I'm gonna make him an offer, can't refuse. Stop with those fucking drugs, they're making your mind into mush. his wife dead. I want his cat and his dog dead. Were these magic grits? I mean, did you buy them from the same guy who sold Jack his beanstalk beat? Boombas. Hi, welcome to the Gabagool Zone. Larry, what are we talking about this week? The uh, Martin Scorsese classic, Goodfellows. I'm a good fellow. I don't think you are. No, I'm not. You're you're a wise guy. That is true. I am just waiting for the day that I get called into a room and have my brains blown out. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, the 1990 classic, Goodfellas. Uh, kind of going backwards since we talked about Casino before, but, you know, what are you going to do about it? Well, I think we wanted to save Goodfellas for the end because I don't know about you, but between the two movies, I like Goodfellas more than Casino. I don't. I like Casino more, but I do like Good. Well, okay. I don't know, really. Yeah, I think Good. Yeah, I like Goodfellas a bit more. It's at least kind of close, though, right? Yeah, yeah like they're it's both very close. Yeah, they're excellent movies. They both they largely share the same cast. Like at least the principal cast is yeah. is mostly shared between them, uh, and then of course both Martin Scorsese movies. But um, Goodfellas also, both both based on nonfiction books by the same yeah. author, so who yeah. co-wrote the screenplay for it. So yeah, obviously love shared. But you DNA. know what Goodfellas has that casino does not have is ray liotta that's right everyone's High favorite out of his mind 
Yes. <laughs> Laughing like a ventriloquist puppet. Uh, Ray Liotta. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, so know, what casino, know what Casino doesn't have. My favorite guy, what? Mike Starr, who is not Danny Aiello, even though I thought sure. he was for many years. <laughs> Yes, the the not Danny Aiello saga where that's you were right. convinced that they yeah you had them backwards and then eventually one day realized that's not Danny Aiello. Well, it wasn't even backwards. And everyone I just had a good laugh both... at you. It wasn't even backwards. Like I didn't think Danny Aiello was uh, Mike Starr. I just thought Mike Starr was Danny Aiello because we to were be all fair, very embarrassed for you. Larry. At, at this point in time, they look very similar. Like if you look at older Danny Aiello stuff, it's like oh yeah, he doesn't really look similar. But at this point, you look at something like the. Uh, Moonlighting or something like that Or yeah. Mojave Moon which was actually Kind of my first major exposure To Danny Aiello watching that like Late at night on IFC or something uh, I was like oh he, it's the guy from Dumb and Dumber But it was not yeah. anyway Yeah Uh, Goodfellas So Casino is About one very specific Grift right which is Funneling money out of the casinos back to the mob Yeah Um goodfellas is more just chronicling the life of henry hill uh from the start of his career when when he's a young lad parking cars for the mob and really wanting to become a gangster uh up to the point that he ends up in witness protection because he needs to rat on everybody because he's in way over his head also robert de niro doing a lot of murders so maybe don't blame henry hill for doing what he did um um well also Shout out to the casting director for finding a kid who looked like Ray Liotta. Oh that, yeah, that's really it's, it's weird. kind of crazy how close they yeah, uh, dead on looks like a young yeah. Ray Ray Liotta. Uh, yeah, and like the characters do age throughout the movie too, uh, but in a way that actually looks convincing. Like I think, especially like at this point in time when you start doing old man makeup on people, it just it looks like you're doing old man makeup. Yeah. But, like, Robert De Niro feels like he appropriately ages throughout the movie. They don't go overboard with stuff ba- like that. They kind of, like, all... gray his hair out. Yeah, I was going to say, basically all they do is they just add some gray to his hair, and that's kind of it. Yeah. The only time it's unconvincing is when you still have young Ray, young Henry Hill, and he's talking about meeting De Niro's character for the first time, and still just, like, regular Robert De Niro. Yeah. He looks older at that point than he should be because I think he's like in his early twenties at that point in the story, and it looks like forty-year-old Robert yeah, De Niro. Yeah, because he's saying like he just got his start like a few years ago or something, and he's yeah. already a big deal or whatever. Jimmy. But I kind of get like how at that age, you know, you maybe wouldn't have been able to find somebody who looked like Robert, like twenty-year-old Robert De Niro. Like I guess at that point in time, well, yeah, right. and and that was know, before you know Irishman style. They would just de-age everybody, which always looks yeah. real good, uh, super convincing. I don't like honestly, like I rather stuff like that if you want to have to age actors than like fucking Godfather three old Al Pacino makeup, like the, the yeah. makeup that they would use to age. Or even DH people in older movies looked way less convincing than CGI aging. Or like a the um, Back to the Future style old age yeah. makeup is like kind of always the thing like old Biff, or uh, or that well, oh the J Edgar movie with uh, yeah. Leo Di- DiCaprio it looked really really bad. 
I guess that's my point is everyone rags on the CGI de-aging and I'm not bothered by it because like aging, de-aging actors in movies has always looked ridiculous and unconvincing and this is just kind of a logical extension of that because of course as movies progress and CGI becomes more and more of a tool that filmmakers utilize to tell their stories, they're going to use that. It's still not going to look convincing. Also with The Irishman... Like it, it didn't bother me until the part where you see like Robert De Niro moving around, and he's supposed to be young, yeah. but he's clearly it's like seventy year old Robert De Niro. And that yeah. stuff is kind of the problem well, when they're just like sitting well, at a table a, or something, you know, whatever. There was a video I watched uh, that was a conversation between like Scorsese, Pacino, De Niro, and Pesci uh, talking about the Irishman, and there was actually a bit where they are filming a scene where uh, De Niro's character. I think it was Daenerys' character. He's getting upset at something, and it's supposed to be, like, 40-year-old Daenerys, and he gets up and he, like, storms off. And, like, Scorsese is giving him direction. He's just like, you need to be, like, more brisk about it because you're younger at this point. You're not as old as you are right now. Yeah. So, yeah, like, it's something that even when they were filming the movie, they were conscious of. Yeah. Uh, anyway. You should watch um, that, though, because that's, like, basically the third in the trilogy after goodfellas yeah. and casino yeah i really do want to sit down and give that a shot but uh but yeah no uh goodfellas is uh it's also one of those mom movies similar to uh mom movies. godfather all <laughs> let's talk about mall rats <laughs> um no i thought you said mom movies you know like mars needs moms yeah uh don't tell mom the anyway. babysitter's dead. Stop or my mom will Push shoot. mama from the train. <laughs> That's right. Throw mama from the train, yeah. please. Throw mama from the train. I'm sorry. Look. Uh, oh, God. Where was I going with? Oh, right. Um, this is kind of like a thing in Godfather, but obviously to, to a much lesser extent. It is more a focus as you get later on in Goodfellas. But the transition of the mob into the drug trade. Yeah. And how a lot of the old guard in the mob was very resistant to that, uh, either because they knew the kind of heat it would bring down on them, or because they had a an issue of morality with it, where it was just a bridge too far for them. Well, I think uh, Henry the, Hill, though, way into drugs. Yeah, well, can't get enough of it. I think that's kind of the main division is that from The Godfather, it was definitely a morality thing. Like uh, Vito mm-hmm. Corleone did not want to be into drugs; he didn't want anything that brought with it. But here, like. Um, Polly, of course, Paul Sorvino just called Polly in the show, the, the movie <laughs> show. What am I eighty? Uh, but where he's clearly I mean, yes. just like uh, this. You know how many years you get if you're even caught with possession of this stuff? No thanks. And so, yeah, yeah his is definitely because of the legal aspect of it. Yeah, which like I look. Obviously, there's a morality issue involved, and Vito Corleone, as we have kind of talked about before, is still mostly presented as being a good person. Yeah. Like, he's really not. He's still a mob boss. Sure. But the way that they present him in the story is they're trying to have him as a sort of moral anchor well, he, that yeah, you he, can then like base noble, other characters off of. A noble figure that... Yeah. 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 Uh, but, like... Even so, worrying about the legal repercussion of it is kind of an understandable, like, standpoint. So, like, there's a segment in the movie where, like, Ray Liotta, I'm sorry, Henry Hill, wants to get way into selling drugs. And he doesn't want to go to Polly about it because Polly's just kind of, like, 
fuck off, dude. I don't want anything to do with that. And so, like, Henry Hill's worried about Polly finding out. I don't blame Polly. <laughs> like, yeah. this is Henry Hill's problem. He did this to himself. Yeah. Here's what was it like $3,000? Now I never yeah. want to see you again. Yep. I'm turning my back on you. And, like, I do not blame Polly at that point. Polly nope. wants to run his restaurant and his gambling. And in his other grifts, he does not want to do drugs. Doesn't yeah. want to get into that trade. Um, and then, of course, like it goes south for Henry, like very quickly. That whole segment where he and his wife are just like staring at helicopters flying around <laughs> yeah. and being like weird QAnon nuts about it, and then actually the helicopters were <laughs> spying on him, yeah. and he gets busted. Of course, um, yeah. I got the bit of the like the babysitter who's in on it too, just going like, "You have to try to be home. I need to get my lucky hat. I don't go anywhere without my lucky hat. I always fly with my lucky hat." And Henry just being fucking livid about it. I I feel like every time I watch this movie, I forget about the giant black bar on the airline ticket, which I'm guessing is just because like they didn't get clearance from whatever airline it was. Yeah, and like it was too late to reshoot it or something, so they were just like, "Ah, stick Probably. a black bar on it." It's like. Todd Salon's storytelling or something. They yeah. had to put a giant bar over it. Uh yeah. I don't know. Put a giant black bar over this movie, I say to my TV while watching Snake of June. <sighs> too much masturbation was the problem. It's just, it's way too much. Yeah, it's something you've never Sigmodo. seen before. No, I'm pure of heart. I'm a good boy. <laughs> Larry. <laughs> you rented Goodfellas from Pure Flicks. It cut out like eighty percent <laughs> of the movie. That's right. I don't know what all this business about drugs is. That never happened in the movie. <laughs> Henry Hill just retired and lived a very wholesome life with his wife and kids. Just like some I saw schmuck. him out there in that suburb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Henry Hill. The start of that version of the movie just Henry Hill saying like, "Ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be," and then it just cuts to him in the suburbs. <laughs> So, yeah, and then they just grafted like the rest of the movie My Blue Heaven onto it. So you're like, oh, why is he Steve Martin now? Or I guess Rick Moranis. No, he would be yeah, Steve I Martin. Love, yeah. I love Steve Martin in Goodfellas. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like, I, I they're so the three main characters, De Niro, Leota, and Pesci, they each kind of have their own trajectory through the movie. Uh, and how the, like De Niro's character and Pesci's weaves in and out of Henry Hill's life. Um, so Pesci's is that, of course, he's uh, very tiny and very angry yeah, and creates problems for everybody, as Pesci characters are wont to do. Right. And so he kills a made man. And you Billy don't Bats. do that. To, yeah. To kill Billy Bats, you need to get permission from Billy Bats' boss, which they are not going to get. But hey, Billy Bats told Pesci to get his fucking shine box, so <laughs> uh, look, their yeah. hands are tied. Yeah. Yeah. What's the little murder between friends? Uh-huh. Anyway, go dig up the body. They're building condominiums <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah, I, from what I remember, also, it's funny that this movie like kind of works as it does, because from what I understand, basically everything in it is real. Like they changed the names, yeah. but that's basically it. Everything else actually happened, including like the whole burying Billy Bats and then having to dig him up because they started building condos there. Like all yeah. that stuff actually happened. Yeah, I. it's been a while since I kind of looked into the true side of the movie, but 
the real Henry Hill did go into witness protection, and I can't remember how long it was before going into it and him being like, fuck this. Uh, <laughs> but he broke his silence and just started selling the story. Um, I mean, he does a commentary track for this movie. Yeah. On the Blu-ray. Yeah. That I mean, that's the thing is I'm surprised no harm has come to him as a result of him doing all this. But I guess like part of it is, well, he's made himself such a known figure that you probably couldn't actually do anything to him at this point. Also, most of the others are dead, I think. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, I mean, like contemporary with him selling the story and everything, I don't know how many of them are dead at that. That's what oh, I mean yeah, by yeah. it's been a while since I looked into all that stuff. So I don't know how shielded he was from repercussions. But Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but then uh, De Niro's is that he likes doing heists. That's his thing. Uh, Pesci's is beating people to death. De Niro's d- doing heists. Um, <laughs> and so they end up pulling the biggest heist in American history, uh, which is, you know, again, it's an actual thing that happened. Uh, kind of the real Henry Hill's claim to fame is this. Uh, but the heist starts going sideways because everyone starts spending their heist money, even though De Niro told them not to. So you get a lot of good scenes of De Niro being like, what the fuck did I tell you? Don't buy cars. Yeah, that's that, that was the bit I had referenced, referenced before where after that whole bit where he's telling everybody to stop spending their money, he's like, now, Henry, remember, don't spend any of the money. You're going to get your cut eventually. I gotta let the heat die down. Immediate cut to him saying, Hey, Karen, I got the most expensive tree they had. <laughs> and then handed his wife like a fat wad of cash. And yep. being like, this is your other Christmas present. Uh-huh. Bada bing. Yeah. Um, he wouldn't say that because he's Irish. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and Jimmy, we talked about this being the most spaghetti of all the mob movies, but actually Jimmy and uh, Henry Hill's characters are Irish, which is a kind of a big point of the movie is that you can't become a made man unless they can trace your family back to Sicily. Uh-huh. Uh, and so Joe Pesci's character gets called in to become a made man. And this is kind of like a, well, it's basically like we're made men too, because we're in the same circle. So it's very important to De Niro and, and Henry Hill. Jimmy and Henry Hill, I'm sorry. I do this all the time where I end up calling them by the acronyms. Yeah. Um, but, as as luck would have it, Joe <laughs> Pesci, who has spent his life murdering made men and shooting kids, uh, ends yeah. up Shoots getting Michael shot Imperial, in the noggin. Michael Imperioli, Spider. Uh, <laughs> one of the best Perfect. parts. Where uh, yeah. Jimmy's just like, what, are you gonna let him talk to you like that? And like, I actually, that's one of my favorite scenes because it really communicates that when Joe Pesci is loud is not really when he's dangerous. It's like after spider says that to him, he just like sits there glaring at him completely silent. And you know that something really bad is going to happen. Well, it's the same thing with Billy bats is he doesn't get loud before he starts doing the deed. Well, like they wait until everyone's left and he just kind of stews there until that point. He's even very quiet when he's just like, he does, but like, there's even the bits where he's telling him to like, Hey, I remember you with your shine box. And like, he would very quietly say like, that's not me anymore. I've moved on from that. I'm, I'm kind of like a different person yeah. now. Yeah. And like, you can Don't tell though. Yeah. But you can tell though, that when again, like he's his most dangerous, like that affects him on a level that he doesn't immediately get mad about it. Eh, 
Well, he, he does scream like you mutt at him or whatever, and they have to hold him back. But then, yeah, he leaves yeah. and then comes back and then pistol whips him. Yeah. And then they all kick him yeah. a lot. But but then, oh, yeah. Uh, I really like, though, that they go get the pie at his mom's place and he's just like making up the story about hating a deer. And he's just like, <laughs> hey, mom, can I borrow this knife? Like the deer, he got stuck in the grills. I got to like, I got to take the deer out with the knife. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, there's a lot of really good comedy in Goodfellas. Is the yeah, thing. yeah, there is. Um, but yeah, like so that that ultimately though leads to like, of course, the mob knows about him doing all this stuff, and they can't just let him get away with killing made man. So they lure him in, uh, telling him that he's going to get made himself, but it's just to get him in a room so they can shoot him in the head. So I was I was never quite sure about that if the whole thing was a setup or if he actually was supposed to be sending to get I mean, made, the but they intercepted. They intercepted him. Yeah, it could be. I again, I don't really know. My interpretation of it was always that it was a setup. Yeah, that's what I thought. But um, it's just that that yeah. kind of came into my mind as another possibility that they just like had different guys pick him up and take him over there. But yeah, yeah. Hey. Uh, but that then also leads to like De Niro is kind of on edge because people keep spending the money. But that yeah. is the thing that really just pushes him off the edge entirely. Who could have so believed just that starts... Johnny Roast Beef wouldn't be responsible <laughs> with the money? God, the bit where it's him and his wife in the car. Yeah. And they've just been shot and, like, the kids find their bodies. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole, like, musical montage, too, that they do, where it's yeah. just him, like, cleaning up all the loose ends, which is a Frankie a Carbone. Frankie Carbone yeah. didn't do anything to deserve that. Well, no. his wife had that mink coat. Yeah. Uh, well, they but, got the pink car too. Was that them? Yeah. Or was that Johnny Rose? Because it's him and his. No, I think it was because uh, it was him and his wife. He got the wife, the mink coat, and the car. Oh, okay. And I so they Johnny find him. Had the car, the car, and then Frankie Carb. Uh, well, Frankie Carbone, he was uh, hanging in the meat locker. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Put him on and, ice, and of course, uh, Maury from Maury's Wigs, who would not shut up about wanting his money. Oh yeah, <laughs> stabbing in the back of the head with the ice pick. Yep. Yeah. God. Goodfellas is really good. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's right in the name. Of course, also Samuel L. Jackson, brief appearance, pre Pulp Fiction, yeah. late to his own funeral. Okay. Any movie with good in its name is good. Good yeah. fellas, good movie. Good, good burger, burger, good movie. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Right there in the title. You, you, you crack never the go code. Wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, I also appreciate how they have two characters in the movie, both named Stax, which is how you know they were both real people, because otherwise, why would you have two characters named Stax? Yeah. So the, what was the, the other guy, Jimmy, two times? He said everything two times. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that part yeah. where the, it goes through the bar and they show everybody. I think all of those are actual people too. Um, mm. but yeah, the the stacks at the beginning is like also the guy who played Polly Walnuts in The Sopranos. And he's just like briefly appearing there, which was neat. Oh, and something I never noticed before: Jigsaw himself is in this movie. Well, he is. Yeah, he's the parole officer. He's just like that for like two seconds. He just like comes in huh. and it's like this way or whatever. And I was like, oh man, it's Jigsaw. I never noticed. Yeah, yeah I never noticed either. I still didn't notice. 
great. Well, it's just dawning on me for the first time. You gotta watch it on a bigger screen. Now I gotta watch Goodfellas again. That's right. Oh, damn. Yeah, it's in the courthouse or something. What a shame. <laughs> I have to watch this really good movie. Of... I actually, I don't even know how many times it's been at this point. I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking I wanted to watch it with the uh, with the commentary from Scorsese and the cast and everything because I haven't yeah, listened I haven't... to that. I haven't done that yet. I think when I get like caught up on movies and everything, I might end up going back and doing that. Uh, mm-hmm. I need to get through the rest of Solid Metal Nightmares first. I think that's pretty much the only. You and I think that's Sukimoto. like. <laughs> I think that's pretty much it that I have for like movies that I have backlogged. I, of course, I have that Pat Labor box set, but you know, only some of that is movies. That's, for, that's just a TV show. That's for another, for another day. Time. Yeah. When we start our all Pat Labor's our bastards segment. Well, I'm gonna have plenty of time fairly soon so uh... <sighs> i'm sorry larry oh it's fine i'm gonna get that good unemployment money mm. anyway uh any final thoughts on goodfellas the, the last of the gobble ghoul zones uh i like Before it a we whole retire lot. this segment uh at least until i finally get around to watching sopranos in which case it then becomes a much more reoccurring thing yes yes yeah. I One of these days, someday. I will like. I promised a, a friend that I would rewatch all the Twin Peaks with them because I bought them for Christmas. Uh, the season three set. Uh, well, I, I don't know when I'm going to start that though. That long? No, not really. I also don't know when I'm going to start that. That might be like way off from now. But uh, I kind of want to get to like Pat Labor before I start Sopranos because that's just been sitting on the shelf and I keep eyeballing it. I already watched a couple episodes of that show and it's it's pretty good. Okay. No. Uh, I give anyway. Goodfellas uh, five bags of popcorn and five sodas. Mm-hmm. All time classic. Five bagger uh, should go in the Victorville Archives Hall of Fame. I give it ten plates and gobble ghoul. It's the best of the best. Uh, and then I would also give it one brick of uncut cocaine <laughs> for Henry Hill to enjoy. Gotta take it over to Debbie Mazars and have her cut it. That's right. Which, by the way, we haven't mentioned like Lorraine Bracco as Karen Hill. Really good in this. Yeah, yeah, she's great. <laughs> One of my favorite lines is Joe Pesci going, "Man, Jew broad prejudice against Italians. Can you believe it?" <laughs> <sighs> uh, like I said, Goodfellas is a very look. Joe Pesci's a funnier character than we've ever had. <laughs> we just get him working. That's right. J- Johnny roast beef is the key to all of this. <laughs> may have gone too far in a few places so larry i saw this tweet i actually think you had retweeted it or you did your own thing for it but it's like the best four movies of the year that you were born i did not do that because i'm not gonna dox myself well i'm ready to dox myself okay <laughs> i was Go born in 1987 uh so i am 45 years young uh, as of today yeah. <laughs> so i was looking through like films in 1987 and i think like that i can't settle on four because it was such a banger of a year there's so many good movies in 1987 87 i'm trying to think yeah. of like what else would have come out well so the first big one for me is a nightmare on elm street three dream warriors <laughs> of course so yeah. like when i was looking through the list of like films of, of 1987 that was the first one where i was just like 
oh, well, that would be in my top four. But then, like, I kept going, and it quickly, like, got knocked off of there. Because you also have Lethal Weapon. Oh, sure. Evil Evil Dead 2 yeah. came out in 87. Okay. There's no way Evil Dead 2 can't be in, like, my top four, right? Agree. But then, in the same month, Raising Arizona. Hmm. Uh, uh, see? Yeah. So, like, those would have to be in there. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm just in March. So like fuck. <laughs> Raising Arizona was a uh, March movie, huh? It was, yeah. March Madness. <laughs> and Evil Dead, that's uh, weird. Yeah. Uh Police Academy four, Citizens <laughs> on Parole, not in my top four, but Citizens I just wanted to mention parole. that there was a police academy. Yeah. <laughs> just wanted to mention that there was a police academy movie in nineteen eighty seven. Okay. Uh I'm still kind of looking through this. Uh, Creep Show Two came out in '87. You're still as well. looking through this. I thought this was a prepared thing that you had ready. I mean, that's the thing is, there's so many because also in May, Ishtar came out. Larry Ishtar. Okay, I have a Dustin re- Hoffman, Warren Beatty, Ishtar. Yeah, it's Bill Johnny. I know. I have yeah. a retro corner for this week. Okay, Beverly Hills Cop Two was also in May. <laughs> with with. Ernest goes to camp. It is impossible for me to come up with the top four. I I played Mafia, the video game. Oh okay. uh, Which I wanted to pair with Goodfellas. So this has kind of been brewing for a while. My original plan was to have also played through the remake Mafia Definitive Edition, but I had some issues with the copy of that game I got. Didn't work. Had to return it. So that isn't happening now. Give my thoughts on that whenever I do play it. Should be arriving from Gamefly fairly soon. Hopefully, this copy works. I'm going. I'm actually not sure if that was an issue with the disc or just another issue with the PlayStation Five. At this point, I'm more likely to blame it on the PlayStation Five. Um, and Maybe specifically, well, so the disc I got had like a little chip on the edge of it. Uh, which I think is because of the stuff they use to clean their discs. And that was never an issue with the PlayStation 4, but I think maybe the 5, like the disc drive in it, is just much less tolerant, maybe. Because I mean, it really doesn't seem like they're using high-quality disc drives on those no, things, given the amount of noise they make. Well, Sony's not sending their best disc drives. They're sending oh, some no. bad hombres. Oh. Uh, but yeah... So I'm not really sure where the issue there is But either way I still played the original Mafia Which was released in 2002 For the personal computer I played this a lot back when it came out And kind of the big thing at the time Was its focus on story Because this was like right after Grand Theft Auto 3 came out I don't know if Vice City was out yet Um, I guess I could look if I wanted to But I'm not gonna uh, but that's also kind of the thing is It's an open world game but it's not a sandbox like Grand Theft Auto is It's still just mission to mission gameplay And that's always been people's complaint with the Mafia series Is that it's not something that it isn't Which I don't quite understand um, With Mafia 3 they decided to bow to those people's demands And made a game with like a lot of stuff to do in the open world Which ended up dragging it down and making it actively worse Anyway uh, Mafia is a story about Tommy Angelo, who is a cab driver in Lost Heaven. Not New York. Definitely not. Um, 
and he sort of gets wrapped up into the mob business. Uh, he, that's kind of the interesting thing here about the story is that he is not like, like Henry Hill, who always wanted to be a gangster. He just sort of lucks into this, or not even like good luck. Basically, he's just like working one night, and then Polly, who is the Joe Pesci character, uh, is like on the run from some other mob guys, and he gives them a like a ride and gets away from the enemy mobsters. And the Salieri was the boss of Polly. It's been a while since I played this, so I have to remember the names. Uh, basically, it says like, "All right, if you need anything, come to us." And then at some point, the oh, what's the enemy? Morello, Morello's guys, who were the ones that. That doesn't like a question, but I got no idea because I played like an hour of this game and then I then I returned it. Okay, well, uh, they find out like they had just tracked the license plate number on his cab and tracked him down and beat him, and so he goes to the Salieri's, and uh, then he is suddenly part of their family, and it shows him like rising through the ranks, kind of like Henry Hill, um. Like marrying the daughter of the bartender there, I think. Uh, and so there's a lot of stuff in this game that is directly lifted from Goodfellas, specifically like Polly being the uh, Joe Pesci character. Um, the end where Tommy ends up going into witness protection is very clearly from Goodfellas. There's also a lot from The Untouchables. Uh, specifically, there's sort of a rooftop chase near a church that's right out of it. Um, so that's think, what. That's maybe a future couple cool zone because uh, I don't know if you know this. I have never seen Untouchables. Untouchables is really good. I'm not really sure that applies for the Gabagool zone though, because even though it's oh, about okay. mobsters, it's about Elliot Ness and like tracking them. Like Robert De Niro is really good oh. at it as Al Capone, but it's not like all mobster stuff. Mm. It's about the task force trying to stop the mobsters. Well, but... still, as as far as potential future Gabagool zones that I need to pick up and watch, I, I think it's I need to add Untouchables to the list. Oh, uh, you should which watch so it. So far, yeah. has only contained my cousin Vinny. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should watch it. It is good. Um, yeah. Oh well, that and the Irishman. I mean, those the yeah. Irishman, my cousin Vinny. Uh, Sopranos and Untouchables are I need to I need to watch all of those I've seen my cousin Vinny before but it's been like a very long time and I think I saw it on like Comedy Central so I'm sure they like put some stuff out but well, my cousin Vinny is not about the mob either Joe Pesci is in it so you know he yeah, wears a not... leather jacket <laughs> that's true I'm pretty but... sure it's about the mob nope it's not I well I'll, I'll rewatch it and I'll be the judge of that okay fine yeah. You watch on Blu-ray, you get to see uh there's a bit where it shows a like a Polaroid of Joe Pesci in the shower behind a curtain. And let me tell you, that curtain's more transparent than I remembered it being <laughs> when I'd watched it on VHS. Anyway Come for Marissa Tomei, stay for Joe Pesci half nude Polaroids. Uh not half. Anyway. Ooh. <laughs> uh but yeah, could not watch Snick of June way into my cousin Vinny, specifically the shower scene. So, so the thing that uh, that set Mafia apart back in the day was that the story is much more involved and much more, I would say, mature than Grand Theft Auto, which even back then was very juvenile and everything. This was very oh, yeah. clearly trying to be like a legitimate mob movie, 
and I would actually yeah. say it holds up really well. Especially the character models and stuff are very good for the time. Um, yeah, Grand Theft Auto was always more like a parody or a yeah. caricature of that stuff. It was a lot more silly about everything. Like, of course, now Grand Theft Auto, while still being fairly satirical, is more grounded than it was. Uh, Rockstar is more focused on telling an actual story uh, sure. than, than they were in the PlayStation 2 era. Yeah. Even the like 360 era with with four is not you know yeah that was still where you're at now with Rockstar yeah but yeah like Vice City yeah, was you know, just hey like, you know you got Vi- Vice go City, bowling Vice City was Scarface the animated series basically yes. yeah yeah um but yeah and then the other thing was that they had this uh, really detailed city and cars that you couldn't just hijack any car you had to know how to unlock them in order to like drive them which you just get through the progression of the story um and the cops will stop you if you're speeding or i think it's actually basically just speeding or running lights are basically the main things and you can press a button to turn on a speed limiter so you don't accidentally go over it um but you have a uh, like a radar radar thing that will show you if there's a cop nearby. It doesn't show you cops on the street like walking, but there aren't many of those anyway. It it also seems like they don't really care if you're just driving like a maniac. As long as you're not speeding, you can just like drive on grass and whatever and none of them seem to care. Mm. Uh but even so that was a unique thing at the time. Like you'll get a warning and you have to pull over and get out of the car and then they'll be like, sir, you've broken the law. I'm going to have to fine you. And then you're like, you got officer, and give him money. Though you don't actually have any money, so it doesn't matter. The whole thing is just that slows you down if you're trying to get to an objective in time. Mm. But uh, kind of the main stumbling block, I think, with this game is something that a lot of people had a problem with at the time. I know I did, and kind of still did when I was replaying it now, is the racing segment near the beginning where you have to race this old-timey racing car, and it controls like crap, and you have to do like seven laps of this track, and you have to do it near perfectly. Like, I had it on... You have a specific difficulty setting for that race, and I had it on normal, I think. It's like they knew. Yeah. It maybe is actually like... I think it defaults too easy. And so well, I then they definitely knew. Yeah, and so I did that and I just barely lost like I came in second at the very end. Uh like the guy just sort of pulled ahead. And so I was like, "Man, this took like 15 minutes to do all these laps. I'm not going to try this again." And so I switched it like very easy and then just lapped everybody like three times. Like the difficulty <laughs> balancing in that is bizarre. I, that's further evidence that they knew they yeah. need to make a very easy mode to that because people would probably fuck up on easy and just be like, I really don't want to keep doing this. Yeah, that, that part's terrible. I, I'm hoping I that's vaguely, way better in the remake. I vaguely remember that in particular. Yeah. Because uh, I know that, like, I, I don't know, something about Mafia just did not catch me by the first like couple hours of the game and i had rented it at the time and i just like let it sit there for another couple days and was like well i haven't touched this so i need to just return it well it's Um, a very slow start also which is actually something i like a lot about it like you don't get a gun for a long time 
mean, the first few missions, like you just have like a bat or kind of nothing, and you're just like, go here and destroy these cars, like throw Molotovs on them or something, and then come back, things like that. Uh, like eventually, yeah. it does ramp up to the point where it's like, go assassinate this congressman, uh, go shoot up this hotel and blow it up. You know, the Corleone Hotel specifically <laughs> is what you're going to blow up. Um. And so it gets there, but yeah, it is a slow start, which actually I I do like about it. It gives it more meaning when you're doing like the real dirt later. Also, yeah, I wonder if now also, that I have what. Well, I wonder my my tastes in video games and stuff have of course changed over time, and I have matured as a as a human being, as some people do. Uh. I wonder if I would like Mafia now more than I did back then. Like, I wonder if I would actually stick with that game and, and finish it uh, and not drop off after a couple hours in it. Probably. One of the things I like also about it is that this was something that I don't think Grand Theft Auto had at the time was uh, you could do drive-bys. No, you could in Vice City, I think, but it didn't have, like, free aiming. It was just, like, you held L2 or R2. I think that... I think that you could in three, but yeah, it was the same thing. You had no free aim. It was yeah. just kind of like a spray. Yeah. So in this, you do have like a free aim thing, but like you click the button to make the gun come out and your character's arm just goes like, like it goes straight out and then like bends and turns into shooting position, <laughs> like a crane arm or something, which is really funny. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I like the story of it. Um, I, I don't really know what else to say about Mafia. Oh, I was going to say, you die really fast in it. Like, mm. it, it gives the gunfights more of an urgency, I think, than something like... Well, in Grand Theft Auto, actually, those early ones, you'd die pretty quick, too. Yeah. Before they added the regenerating health. Like, I think San Andreas probably was when you started becoming more of a tank. Um, well, they kind of like they've moved back on that because I know in five it's pretty easy to die in that game. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, okay. that was like the whole meme that people did for a while was that it's super easy to get wasted in that game. You fall I... onto the sidewalk and hit your head, and you're fucking done. Well, that's realistic. <laughs> I mean, yes, but I. I mean, I I still think that you are more spongy than you were in the original Grand Theft Auto games, but compared to 4 and compared to San Andreas, they reeled it back and made you less of a tank in 5. Yeah. I don't know. I think the regenerating health actually is like makes you way more tanky overall, because you didn't have that in the others. I don't think in 4 you had regenerating health, did you? I don't remember. 4 is like the only one of those I've never actually beat. Before I, I definitely remember taking a lot of trips to the store to buy body armor. So I don't know. Four I played at a time when like I had no job and it was the recession and I did not have money to buy video games, so I borrowed it from somebody and they took it back pretty quickly. So I I never beat four. Uh, four but I remember being bummed first, out. Four was the first one I beat. I didn't beat three Vice City or Sandrias because those all those all got ridiculously hard near the end. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't beat three. I beat Vice City and I beat San Andreas, though. Okay. But I didn't. I didn't beat three. Um, 
because I think I never owned three too. I rented three and I, I just never got far enough in it. But uh, like I remember like a, a thing about four was that they never modeled the top of buildings. And so their solution to that was, well, you don't have airplanes in it. And one of my favorite things about San Andreas was just getting to fly an airplane around that entire map. So I was really bummed in four that they removed the ability to do that. Like you had helicopters, but like that's not the same. You want to be able to fly a plane directly into a building. Like that's something that you want to do. So the fact that they've removed that. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Everybody's yeah. dream. Yeah. Look, been looking at Microsoft Flight Simulator a lot lately. <laughs> yeah. So the the sort of outlandish part of Grand Theft Auto is kind of podcast is only going to be on parlor this week. <laughs> it it is present in Mafia, but only after you finish the game. Uh where then you get free ride extreme. Which is like Ooh. free ride, which just lets you explore the city or whatever, even though there's nothing really to do in it. A free ride extreme uh, adds side quests to it, uh, and it, it involves. It's like there are aliens in it. Um, huh. and so there's plenty of weird stuff like that. It's just in that separate mode. I I'm not sure if that's back in the remake too. I hope so. Not. Kind of a weird thing to take out Yeah um, But yeah I would recommend Playing through Mafia even if you never Played it at the time if you want to play The remake go straight to that that's fine Because you know I would actually say The original held up pretty well except For the melee combat which is Kind of a mess uh, But most of it I still found pretty enjoyable to play especially When you get to later stuff and you're just In gunfights basically all the time yeah Mafia 2002 PC Check it out Oh uh, if you buy it from GOG or Steam now It does not have the soundtrack in it for some reason Music licensing rights I guess Which is weird considering it Seems like it's basically the same 15 seconds you hear Through the entire game uh, But if you go look you can find like A mega folder That somebody's made that you can just drop in there And fix it all Oh that's good There's also um a widescreen fix for it keeps everything from from uh, stretching and whatnot. So huh. you know, check check Love out PC having two patch video That's... games to make them play like they did when they first came out. Well, yep. Uh, as with any old PC game, check out the PC gaming wiki for it and go download some weird dot bat file some guy made for it. PC I'm games hack are the mess. internet so I can play Shogo. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. You have a retro corner? I do. Uh, one more quick mention oh, I give to my Mafia, failed bit. Be- I give Mafia an 8 out of 10. Oh, okay. One more mention to my failed bit before we did Mafia. Uh, Robocop also came out in 1987, so best year for movies. Well, there you go. Robocop, Evil yeah. Dead 2, Raising Arizona. Uh, uh, probably Dream Warriors still. Nah. There's got to be something else. Uh, Leonard Part Six. There you go. That's it. <laughs> Fortunately, a 1987 movie. A good uh, doctor. A December 1987 movie. So not ending the year on a high mm-hmm. note. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a very brief retro corner. Um, kind of keeping with the theme of this episode, which is apparently spooky things and the mob. Pocky and Rocky. Uh-huh. There's ghosts in it, so it it sort of counts as a spooky thing. 
Uh, I played these a while back. This is not a, a more recent retro corner. Uh, I've had less and less on deck for that stuff because I, of course, have this huge backlog of PlayStation 4 games that I've been getting through. And recently I started The Legend of Dragoon. And I'm only halfway through that game. Uh, I say, even though I played 20 hours of it in the last three days, because hey, I Dragoon. have absolutely no life. Yeah. Um, I'm sure by next week I will have finished The Legend of Dragoon and we'll be able to talk about that. But this week, Pocky and Rocky, uh, basically just Akari Warriors. Uh, but with the Tanuki and a cute anime girl. I'd rather talk about Drag on Dragoon. Well, you're you not know, allowed. Do you know what that is? No. That's near. Or no. Great. Well, dra- <laughs> no, Dragon Guard. Well, Dragon same thing. Guard, well. We're taking the hobbits to Dragon Guard. Um, yeah, exactly. I still want to play near Automata, but. Automata? Like. Whatever. It will not drop in. So it's consistently been $14 on various websites and it sells out immediately every time they do that. And so I keep kind of just sitting around waiting for the deal and, then, and getting on it. Yeah, This is my version of buying a PlayStation 5. When it doesn't, and then you go, mm, I don't want to have to drive to Best Buy to pick it up. Well, no, I've repeatedly <laughs> told you the issue with that is my Best Buy does not have copies of it at all. All right. Whatever. I've told you this like five fucking times by now, and I don't know why you won't commit this to memory. I don't care. Like, is why actually? Every time you repeatedly link me the thing, going like it's available for fourteen bucks at Best Buy if you can pick it up. There's not a Best Buy within like two hundred miles of me that has it because the Best Buy site will say so. Just pay four dollars so, and get it shipped to you. They won't. They won't even let you buy it. Is the thing like there were no listings on there I could find to buy near on Best Buy site because they will not ship it to you and they will only sell it to you if it's at your store and my store does not have it. So I don't know what is going on with <sighs> copies of Near Automata, but Automata. no one seems to whatever. No one seems to have it. I can't get a hold of it. I don't know why this game is suddenly becoming so rare. Like if they just did not print a lot of copies of it and then people bought the shit out of it or what, but. It's a great game. Eventually. One of the best games of the generation, I would say. I've been trying to play it, and forces keep conspiring it. What I need to do is get a piece of paper and I write near Automata on it, and then I cut myself. You know, maybe part of the reason that I don't commit to memory is because I was trying to tell you like three years ago to play it, and you're just like, mm, nah. I did not like the idea of having to replay the game multiple times to unlock like different endings. And then it took me a while until I finally understood exactly how that functions in the game and, and what it does for you. I told but... you exactly how it functions. Oh, you think I listen any more than you do when I tell <laughs> well, you my Best hey, Buy does not have copies of Nier Automata? Why don't you commit to memory, eh? <laughs> hey, Maroon. So mad at you, I'm thinking I'm not going to put you in my trunk after this podcast, and I know oh, how no. much you want to do that. Hi, <laughs> Karamba. Yeah, uh, Pocky and Rocky. Yeah, basically, Akari, it's a overhead kind of like, uh, you know, free moving, shoot 'em up sort of thing. Uh, you again, you play as a Tanuki or a little anime girl who's kind of like a priestess, and you, you throw little like talismans and stuff at people uh, and, and obtain different power ups and such. Uh, very simple game uh, with a very fun cartoony style to it. Uh, excellent soundtrack and tells kind of like a, uh, I would almost say a Goemon-esque 
story just in terms of how kind of lighthearted and and non-serious uh you know it, it doesn't take itself very seriously this game um yeah there's like not a whole lot to say about it because it's very much just one of those kind of games like if you're familiar with akari warriors you know exactly what pocket rocky it is it is it doesn't explain do what akari warriors is if people don't i know. just said it's a overhead free moving shooter so like What's you can kind mean? of backtrack this an overhead shooter you would probably associate <laughs> with like shut up you would associate it with like a toho or something right where you are constantly moving no. forward and you you don't have like a whole lot of movement you can't oh. go back in the level it just yes. keeps you on a rail this is not that you have more free movement. oh okay so you realize what you just did was like that guy saying this is like spider-man except it's not I'm aware, because okay. honestly, you should know what Akari Warriors is. I shouldn't have to explain this to anybody. All right. You ever hear The Legend of Zelda? What if it's that, but it's also not that, because but, you're shooting things all the time. But you know... You, don't know what it does, but you collect key items. Oh, God. You know when Akari Warriors came out, right? That was like 88 or something. People don't know what Akari Warriors is, like, off the top of Everyone their heads. should know what... Okay, you know what a twin-stick shooter is? Remove one of the sticks. You know, actually, if people are listening to this, they probably do know what Akari Warriors is, now that I think about it. Yes, I agree that if people are listening to this podcast, they probably know what Akari Warriors is. So this entire five-minute segment of me trying to explain <laughs> what this game is is probably wasted on our audience. You're wasted. Uh, I wish I was. I wish I was. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just that sort of a game. Uh, Pocky and Rocky doesn't necessarily do anything that is super unique other than, you know, kind of its visual style and its setting and the quirkiness of it. And like, even then, it's very Goemon esque. So I would say that if you like Akari Warriors, you like that kind of game. And you really are like you dig Goemon, then Pocky and Rocky is the game for you. And I there's do two dig Goemon. Well, there you go. It's also a co-op game, so uh, if you're able to get somebody on the same couch as you to play video games, can't go wrong with Pocky and Rocky. Just breathe uh, on. That'll it. never happen. Yeah, we don't live in that world anymore. <laughs> Maybe someday we can get vaccinated. And they're too busy letting them all just expire. Yeah. Because they gotta get them to the frontline workers and the old people. Yeah, even though a bunch of frontline workers are still dipshits and won't take it. That's right. Yeah, that's great. I'm I'm really glad that... <sighs> Thanks, Jim and Carrie. And also Rob Schneider. <laughs> yeah, and Rob Schneider. And Jenny McCarthy very appropriate that the dude who had a whole bit where he talked out of his butthole uh, signaled in the apocalypse. Yeah, the the guy who uh, appeared in a robot covered in spaghetti in the Judge Dredd movie. Also oh, involved in this. Yeah. Re really great. <laughs> the way our society has completely collapsed much because of washed-up comedians from the 90s. Much the same way as I think about something from Twin Peaks Season 3 pretty much every day of my life, uh, very often I think of Rob Schneider and the spaghetti robot in Judge Dredd, <laughs> and I'm not really sure why. What's the bit from Twin Peaks? Is it the uh, people are really stressed right now, Bradley? But... No, just like something from it. 
almost every day. Oh, there's okay. something. It, no, not one thing in particular. Oh, okay. I mean, I do think about the people are real stressed out, Bradley, yeah. bit on a daily basis because every sure. time something pops up or, or pops off, which is constant now. Yeah. I do just think of the Mitchum brothers watching it all from afar with guns drawn, just right. scoping things out, thinking that they probably shouldn't get involved. Right. No, it's just uh, that season is so dense with imagery and everything that there almost every yeah. day there's something I think of from it, like whether it's uh, the stimulus checks coming and thinking about Jim Belushi freaking out with the check <laughs> in the desert, or you know, Doctor Amp and his golden shovels, or something. Who knows? How McLaughlin getting hit in the face with a baseball. Yeah, sure. Sunny Jim yeah. and his Sunny Jim. Yeah. Yeah. You watched the second half of that review for Twin Peaks Season yeah. 3? Okay. Uh, I want to mention real quick something that I had not considered was that whole, like, defeating Bob bit and Lucy coming in going, like, I finally understand cell phones is a mockery of conclusive endings. I guess that just didn't land with me when I saw it, that that was maybe Lynch just taking a piss. I don't know what that part is in particular, but I think that everybody else like showing up, like the Mitchum brothers showing up at Twin Peaks and the whole crowd being there kind of is, yeah. Yeah. Well, like specifically where Lucy is... comes in and says the cell phone thing is what I mean, makes me think that this is a point of mockery. Well, I mean, that was just a callback to earlier in the season. I don't think that in particular really oh. is, but okay. Whatever. The the other bit that I actually didn't like one of my favorite interpretations of theirs is that them crossing over into the like quote unquote real world is a means to trap Judy and yeah. that Laura screaming at the end is because Judy is actually trapped in that pocket dimension and maybe on some level she's realizing why she's there and what is going on. Okay, that's actually not what I no, I think it's right that the other dimension is a trap for Judy. But yeah. also I think the entire point of bringing Laura there And when she screams is that that's her defeating Judy Because everything yeah. goes dark right yeah, after maybe. that Hey, we might get more Twin Peaks in the future Maybe, maybe. Assuming the rest of that cast does not die of old age <laughs> There isn't too much of them <sighs> left They could just get no. They could get a whole new cast of weirdos Like that one guy The guy who was with uh, Amanda Seyfried the, the drugster You know yeah. Or uh, Richard Horn There's an endless supply of freaks They can draw from For another there season is, of Twin Peaks yeah. Well I mean if uh, the next season Primarily takes place in that pocket dimension I guess you can pretty much go with an entirely different cast As long as you still have uh, Kyle MacLachlan And uh, can I remember her name the lady Cheryl Lee oh, uh, Cheryl Lee yeah 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 well, yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah 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 um, there are a lot of things I want to do this year on the podcast between like a Pat Labor segment and watching The Sopranos and doing more Gobble Ghoul Zones, but I almost wonder if when I finally do go back to Twin Peaks, if you watch that alongside me as well and, and we kind of dissect Twin Peaks season three and try to figure out what it means upon a rewatch, because I've never rewatched that season outside of when it like when it first came out. I watched it then. I never have watched it since. Yeah. Um, but as I mentioned, plan to, so... That'd be fun. I haven't rewatched it either. I was planning on doing that actually fairly soon with all the mm -hmm. time I'll have. Uh, but Oh, boy. There, there was time now, I say. Because <laughs> then every Blu ray player I have breaks simultaneously somehow. Oh, no. Uh, 
Yeah. Can't go buy one now because of the coronavirus. Oh, sure, I can. It's mutating every day. My house. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, uh, hell of a podcast this week between uh, Blood Cults and Gobblegool. And Twin Peaks. Yeah, and tw- a little bit about Twin Peaks, which maybe we'll have more about Twin Peaks in the future. But uh, until then, bye, dinosaurs. Is it an issue if I make you nut? But there's no quality time, cause I forever grind. This is not an excuse, I just wanna get loose. That's old nigga jargon. Girl, you're making me harden. To a stone or granite statue, I'm prone to get at you. It's hard to break your defense. I guess I have to leap fence and scale wall and break fall on a tree right by your window. Reward me for my efforts by rolling this window. As I nibble your neck naughtily, sex is a big part of me. Agencies want to audit me, searching snooping for sodomy. My thrust bust artery. I know you're on to me, just wanna have shenanigans No one to make you mad again So focus on the flattery you feel when I fling it Acknowledge that I got it and you love it when I bring it Dirty talk loudly, saying fuck this shit At the queen's request, if it's gotta be, it's gotta be